This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We had a very lively discussion yesterday about the issue of property taxes. All over BC right now, municipal governments are doing the job of working through their draft proposal budgets, figuring out what the property taxes are going to be for 2020. City of Vancouver certainly raising some eyebrows with their draft budget because in it says they are considering a 9.3% hike in taxes and fees as part of their 2020 budget. That is a big jump, one of the biggest we have seen in something like 10 years. And the 9.3% is a combination of an 8.2% property tax hike and a 9.5% utility fee hike. It also includes a 0.5% tax shift from businesses to residential properties. Naturally, we had a lot of questions when we first heard this, because that is an eye-opening large number, right? So on yesterday's show, we had a chance to speak with Vancouver City Councilor Adrian Carr, who explained why she feels this tax increase is necessary. Nobody likes tax increases. Um, but on the other hand, Sammy, nobody likes to see the homelessness, the opioid crisis, the inability to find uh, an apartment or home that you can afford, um, the, the street trees dying, overcrowded facilities, deterioration of, of roads, um, not being able to tackle climate change the way we should. So really, this budget is about making sure we put the money in place to handle what are really emerging crises. And in part, um, because over the last 10 years, the tax increases have been um, not as high. That doesn't work if you're not putting the money into keeping the actual essential services um, and the infrastructure of the city going. And now this council has to deal with it. All right. Now, I found that ironic as well, because Adrian Carr was on council for the last 10 years. She's been there since 2011, and I don't remember hearing her advocate for higher property taxes during that time. So this is a big pill for Vancouver residents to swallow. And if you're not a property owner and you think, oh, it doesn't affect you, once again, I'm going to point out it still does. If you're a renter, somehow those costs will get passed on to you as well because your landlord, the property owner, the place where you live, they have to pay for that as well. They will look to you to help them offset those costs. So not every councillor, though, is on board with this. So we thought, let's talk a little bit more about it now. Sarah Kirby-Young joins us, also a Vancouver City Councillor. Thank you very much for being here. Good morning, Simi. What is your take on this proposed hike? Well, my take is very different from Councillor Carr's. I think it's excessive. It's the highest uh, increase, as you said, in 10 years. And I think that uh, trying to make the argument, well, it's only this much per household or, you know, we have a lot of things we need to spend money on. So everybody has a lot of things they need to spend money on. And sometimes we need to look at priorities um, and try to keep it reasonable. People are feeling burdened. So they're not just going to be seeing increases from the city of Vancouver on property taxes and then the utility fees that come through from Metro Vancouver. They're seeing their car insurance go up. They're seeing their cost of living go up. Um, and their salaries are not going up an average of 9.3%, not last time I checked. Uh, no, nobody's is going up by 9.3%. So uh, what does that mean then? Is this going to be hotly debated? Is this going to get passed? What is this process like? Um, I think it's going to be a very hotly debated budget. I think that uh, this council has been in for a year now. Um, and when you we came in and had about just under a month before the budget process, and you tend to inherit 
um, the budget the first year and then council waiting through. This is really, I think, a defining budget for this council in terms of are we going to try to set a reasonable increase for the next several years that we have in this term, um, or are we going to commit to a more a much higher and unsustainable level of tax? Um, and I don't think that we should. I think there's going to be going to be very hotly debated coming in. But I would also say that. This council has brought forward so many motions over the past year that have come from a number of councillors, and they all come with price tags and costs. They have hard costs attached to them. They have new staff hires attached to them. Um, And if we're really serious about some of the core issues, we wouldn't be adding to the affordability crisis by creating new projects and costs that that are not, quite honestly, they're, they're not all equal priorities. We actually have to prioritize and choose. This is what I was wondering as well, is that, like, do we not look at what we're doing already and think, okay, what can we cut? Like, why just say, oh, we need to do this without saying, yeah, I think we can live without some of these other items? Yeah, I haven't seen that. Um, I and some of my fellow counselors have tried to be voices for that, uh, to say, look, what is it that, you know, where can we find some efficiencies or what can we stop doing? Do we not do some projects? Do we delay the timeline of some projects? Are some areas less important than others? And there hasn't been as much of an appetite um, for that conversation. So we got the budget that we did. Um, and I think it's going to come down to that debate in the council chamber and who's actually standing up for affordability. I find it really ironic that council spent the entire day yesterday talking about how to um, deliver more rental housing in the city and get more units in so that we can improve access to um, secure rental and affordability. And at the same time, we are proposing this punitive high tax increase that's going to deter people from actually building rental projects because they can't absorb those costs. So we're working at odds and at cross purposes, and we need to get a bit real and get honest about that conversation. I'm also wondering too some of the things that I've been you know following along with council and, and talking about, and even the things that I heard Councillor Carr talk about. Some of, a lot of those are provincial responsibilities. Why is the city of Vancouver taking so much of this on? That's a great question. That's exactly the question I'd like uh, I like my fellow councillors to to ask and to think about because from my perspective, and it may not be popular, but if you look at the Vancouver Charter, what is a municipal government tasked to do legally? It is roads and sewers and utilities and police and fire um, and land management in terms of zoning and density and um, a lot of livability aspects, public space. Certainly those are all core. So I think that's where we start. And then we look at what else we need to do. I think that when you hear um, Councillor Carr, for example, say that, well, we've had historic levels of investment from the provincial government in housing. Well, great. Is that an opportunity for the city of Vancouver not to do that? Because we've stepped into a lot of areas, health, the opioid crisis, housing, um, got a lot of work happening in terms of um, developing things like equity frameworks for underrepresented groups in the city. All great work and all important, but not what has traditionally been the mandate of the city. Right. Is it possible, though, to deliver the increased number of police officers and firefighters that are asked for in this budget uh, without this increase? Because I think that for people go, they do would like to, they would like to see those kinds of resources. How do we yeah, balance I hear, that? I hear from this. One thing that I do hear a lot is um, from from throughout our neighborhoods and our business owners um, and residents throughout the city is the you know they're really feeling the impacts of the huge social challenges and the opioid crisis that we have, um, and that's not being able to get deliveries to their businesses in Chinatown um, and their staff not feeling safe or being attacked when they're going out at lunch. And those are serious. So there is a good rationale for police officers. It's not possible to deliver more police and fire officers without an increase in property tax, but it does not have to be um, 8.2%. All right. And and so what is the process like here? What do you think is going to happen? 
Uh, I think that uh, well, it, it's a two-part process. So on December 3rd, coming up, Council will receive this budget or draft budget um, officially in a special Council meeting. Members of the public can come and speak to it, and I would encourage people to come. If you think that this is unsustainable and it's it's too high and the city needs to focus on core priorities, come and say that. Um, and then the following week, then Council has its debate, at which point Council can accept it, vote against the budget, try to go for a lower increase, cut things out of the budget, Council could say that, no, we want more time. We want to send it back. Um, that's a strategy. So all of those options are available, and I, I think it's going to be a pretty dynamic time. Oh, yeah, it certainly will be. One more thing I wanted to ask you about. This sure. has to do with something in the news today. We're hearing that the Tri-Cities, uh, those three, Port Moody, Coquitlam, and Port Moody, have gotten together on the ride-hailing issue, and they, you know, Mayor Brad West was saying he'd like to see that for the rest of the region. What thought has Vancouver put into this? Like, what are we doing on this ride-hailing issue? Well, I was the one councillor that voted against implementing um, the sort of Vancouver model, as we called it, for rideshare, um, because I thought we should develop a municipal framework. What Vancouver did, um, and it's important to remember, too, that rideshare companies can operate throughout the province in any city that they choose based on the provincial legislation without any municipality putting any um, other regulations in place. So where a municipality starts to put regulations is things around traffic flow and management, use of curbs, those kinds of things. What Vancouver decided to do is charge a fee to each of the ride companies, but then also charge a fee per driver um, and set boundaries. It's very reminiscent of the taxi system where we had artificial boundaries. And I voted against that for a couple of reasons. One, you've got people out there trying to earn the next extra money earn a living. We've been talking about affordability. So if you're that part-time driver and Vancouver's going to charge you an extra 100 bucks per car and you're going to take a fare and take somebody home to Surrey or Burnaby, or Coquitlam, um, you're going to have to, are you going to have to pay that $100 in every single municipality? It just doesn't make sense. And I think it's going to be an inhibitor. So I supported taking time to implement a municipal model and have that conversation. Um, and I think that that's what we should have done. There was no rush to put that in place. We could have launched Rideshare, got a sense of how it was going in the first six months to a year and let the companies know that there would be a municipal model coming in place. Um, sort of after the first year of operation um, and had those conversations. What we've done is jumped fast out of the gate and implemented this quote-unquote Vancouver-only model and without chatting and talking with our other municipal partners. And I think that's wrong. Is there any way to revisit that? Like, do you think that might come up again? Uh, Yeah, it is. It is harder to undo decisions in council once they have been made. Um, Usually I find that if we're finding that it's a challenge or if we're getting pushback from some of the other municipalities or it's just you know, it's just not delivering the service. And um, the best way to do that is to hear from the public and put the pressure on council that they reopen it up. All right, councillor, thank you so much for your time. No worries. Have a great day. That is Sarah Kirby-Young, Vancouver City Councillor, talking about property tax increases.